What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just... that started off all enthusiastic and just tailed off into it. Yeah. I hope you have been okay this week, James. Yeah. Yeah. Been busy. Bit of work. But work. Bit we're, of... we're always at work. One day, James. One day we won't be. I mean, granted, we'll be retired, probably in a retirement home. Um, and even then, we'll probably still be every you, Tuesday going, you know, we're going to do a podcast now. You seriously think we'll, you and I will be able to afford retirement homes? Oh, this is true. <laughs> this is true, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's talk about games, James, because sorry, two minutes. Two minutes into this podcast, and we haven't talked about a game yet. No. Anyone would think that we weren't a tabletop gaming podcast. Well, they'd be wrong. They would indeed, yes. So we managed to get a, a little bit more gaming in recently, haven't we, James? After our review of Flamecraft last week, we've continued playing it. And we have. Quite a bit. I've been enjoying that game. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Anything else that you've picked up on in the game that you didn't don't think you've you caught on, on the original one? I, I think we've got it down now. The only thing we haven't done is the... Um... Oh, the companion. The companion. That's it. You, you, you saved me there, Jason. Because what? What? What's it? What do they call it? I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, um, we still haven't done the companions, which is a shame because that was one of the things we said we were going to do on the following play, and then probably forgot. To. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, we, I think now with how much we've played, we've seen pretty much all of the. Um, shops. It, shops. We've seen pretty much all of the enchantments that you can get. Uh, I think we've seen. Basically everything that game has to offer uh, in, in its base form, so it's yes. pretty good. That, that we really must get the companions to the table. Indeed. Uh, yes. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Flamecraft again, because I think we uh, we splooged enough about that last week. We did. Uh, <laughs> this week is a topical, James. Why is it a topical? Well, mainly because, well, I just haven't had time to write notes on other games just yet. So, <laughs> Topical it is, James. It's, it's a very busy time of year for my work. While we're not delivering all that much, it's, it's the time of year we go around and do filter changes and all the machines. So my my work gets incredibly busy. And yeah, personal life things as well. Everything gets in the way. Yes. But what can we say? One good thing, though, James, is our game club for the past couple of weeks has been horrifically busy. busy. <laughs> Um, record-breaking numbers two weeks in a row. Yes. Um, and not by a small margin compared to, to previous, so that was fantastic. Little bit of bad news, it seems that our friendly local gaming store may have closed down. Yep. But Nothing, no, We've not heard anything official, but... Yeah, it's still a bit up in the air on that one, but uh, I hope it's not the case, because they really are great, but it was very, very sudden. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed they are going to make a triumphant return, but uh, it's not looking good at the moment for them, which... I mean, we did an episode a little while ago, James, where we talked about the stresses and strains that businesses are going through at the moment in this recession, and it appears that there's a potential our friendly local game store may well have succumbed to that. Indeed. Which is a shame. Sad times. It is. Anyway, James, shall we jump into our topical discussion? Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, it's been a while since we since we heard that thrilling little riff there. It is. I'm actually amazed you remember which button it was. I, I, so am I. It might be because I was playing around with the buttons before you arrived, but we're not going to say that. So, James, what are we talking about today? I don't know, Jace. What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about... In fact, no, I, I will prefix that by saying, as with so many of our topical discussions, James, 
I have to admit that I indeed have a problem. A problem. And this episode is no different. It's an it's another thing within our hobby that I have a problem with. And this time we're talking about FOMO. Oh, we're having this conversation. We are. I've yeah. put off having this conversation for a long time because this is one of those discussions where it's like being an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting Yes, for me. It's all right, Jason. You're already on step two. You have acknowledged that you have a problem <laughs> and you have asked for help. Uh, do you know what? Well, have I asked for help, James? That's, you did earlier. Well, that <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but yes, I, I do openly admit that I, I do have a very big problem. And FOMO is kind of at the back of all of those things. So for those of you that don't have a clue what I'm talking about when I say the words, or well, the word FOMO, I am talking about fear of missing out. F. O-M-O. Indeed. The dreaded four-letter word, not any other word that we can't say on the show. Hmm. But yes. Now, James, I've known you for quite a considerable amount of years. Indeed. And while I can sit here and ask you, do you think in every hobby that I've ever had that I have suffered with FOMO? Yes. Yeah, I would probably agree with you on that as well. But at the same time, I can also sit here and say, you don't suffer with FOMO. And I don't think I've ever really seen you suffer with it. Nope. In any hobby. Nope. Absolutely nothing. Nope. But why is it, James? What What is it that has you so defensive against FOMO? You know, what, what, teach me your ways, sir. Teach me. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. It's just I don't have that aspect to my personality. Usually what it is is I have a switch in my head that usually goes, I really want that money, money, money. You can't afford it. Mm. I, I have that kick in the back of the head that just goes, which I find really odd because I am also one of these people who is an absolute terrible person to buy for birthdays and Christmases because mm. I will impulse buy everything that I actually want. Yeah. But I don't suffer from the FOMO like as you describe it because I am capable of basically turning around and not listening to that voice that goes, you're going to miss out if you don't get this. Yeah. See, I, I know, I think really with regard, if I'm just talking about tabletop gaming um, and the issue that I have is I think it really started getting bad when I first started using Kickstarter, for example. Um, and, you know, the very first Kickstarter I backed was the Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid game. Yep. Now, anyone would logically think it's your very first Kickstarter. What's the likelihood is that you're going to go crazy on it, you know, and on all of that. But with that... The theme had me, the miniatures had me, and then when they just kept pumping, pumping more with the stretch goals, and I'm sitting there going, oh, this is only available at this pledge level. Well, I don't really want to miss out on that, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and and of course, I've then upped my pledge, and oh, hang on a minute, the next pledge is actually even better. I get this, this, and this. And I ended up going pretty much all in on the game, and I don't regret it. It's still one of my favorite games, but... If I'm being honest, and considering most of the times I've played that game, you have been involved. Yep. Would you say that in most of those games we've played with anything more than the base game that you could probably go and buy in retail? No. No, we haven't. So I've spent a substantial amount of money and then almost never used that content. Yep. And it could be for a variety of reasons. The main one is the heroes. I only really care about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, yet a lot of the expansion stuff was actually the following series, yep. which I didn't care about. So they've not even been painted. I mean, the one thing I would say we have used is maybe some alternate villains. Yeah, I mean... Um... 
I'm trying to think who comes. It's it's Rita Repulsa who comes. It's, it's Rita. Game. Rita is the boss. Uh, if memory serves correctly, the pig, pumpkin, and eye guy are in the base game. I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Those are the ones we definitely use the most. But we have, you know, switched out. We've gone against Lord Zed. We've gone against Giant Goldar. Um, we've gone against regular Goldar. Yep. Um, we've done Draken after much, much, much begging on. But it's like, come on, we've got, we got to do it. Even though he's going to absolutely whoop us, we've got to do it. Which I've got to say was surprising because it wasn't as the, the whooping that I thought we were going to get. But... No. Yeah, I think we still lost, but we did but still. But yeah, the the point still stands, though. James is I I've chucked all this money at, at, to get all of this expansion stuff, but why? And I I can't even sit here and give you an answer. Yep. And that's just one game that I look at and gone. I could have spent seventy pounds in retail, supported my friendly local game store, and got as much enjoyment out of that game as I already have, but save myself two hundred pounds on top of that. Yep. You know, and yeah, again, that's one game. So. I mean, just looking at the collection I've got here, Hogs of War, the miniatures game. I saw the miniatures. I saw the theme. I went, oh, I remember the game. I want that. Haven't even touched it. It's still sat there. You know, there, there's a multitude of games. And that's just... I mean, Hogs of, about... War, Hogs of War is probably a bad example because both of us have looked at that game and that rulebook and gone, nope, wow, this yeah. is going to take some serious effort to learn. So that, I don't think you can really blame Hogs of War not seeing the table on FOMO and FOMO regret. It's more a case of, oh, this actually requires some serious yeah. time investment. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we might sort of look past that one, but, you know, other games that I've, I've sort of just gone out and bought or, or whatever, I've backed on Kickstarter. You know, we, we've talked about crowdfunding so far. Yeah. It's not I mean, just crowdfunding. You've got I, the retail I, aspect of it as F- well. FOMO exists in every level of, I'll call it retail, but selling. It is that, and, and you know, Kickstarter and that, that, that it, it's their entire model. It's how they operate. It's our, oh, well, yeah, but you could pledge this, but yeah. if you pledge this... You get this. You get all this. Oh, by the way, it's exclusive. You can't get it anywhere else. I mean, that's it. You may well have hit one of the nails on the head there, James, because that word exclusive. Yeah, and it really plays on that fear of missing out. It's like yeah. oh, it's not even like the re- it's going to come to retail like the base game is. It's no, no, no. You can only get this if you do it. You must do it here and you must yeah. do it now. Would you say, I mean, again, I know you personally haven't backed a tabletop gaming Kickstarter, but would you, you've seen the campaigns, you've seen how they operate. Yeah. I mean, hell, I talk about it all the time. Would you say that they've noticed the trend change in the sense of, Back a few years ago, it was all about stretch goals. If you did decent stretch goals, people would back. Mm. Now, we very rarely see stretch goals per se that really add so much stuff to the game. But, you know, they, they still needed that hook. And that's where we started seeing, oh, Kickstarter exclusive sculpts or Kickstarter exclusive objective or, or, or and stuff like that. Yeah. Would you say that's because people had, you know, maybe the FOMO sufferers, shall we say, had realized what they were doing and gone, oh, no, maybe I won't. And then, of course, they've come up with this whole marketing ploy of, yes, you can buy this at retail. However. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, this has existed in selling for ages, you know, limited time offer. Mm, You know, if you don't buy it now, you might miss out. You know, you've you've got to buy it at this price because it's really cheap. It's ironic that we're doing this episode the run up to Christmas where you see those adverts all the time yeah. on the telly. You know, it's limited time offer. 
get down to XYZ store. Before, don't miss out. Yeah. You know, it's that, oh, oh, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, I, I must have it. Yeah. I want that, but I can't afford to wait. I've got to get it now. That sort of, yeah. and I don't, you know, going back to what you're saying, I just don't think I've ever been susceptible to that. It's like, no, no, if I want it, I want it. It's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not letting you peer pressure me into yeah. buy it. It's like, no, no, I can't say what I want to say on this show. But, you know, it's like, no, no, no. If I want to buy it, I will buy it. That, that's fair enough. I th- See, I'm I know all- I know that Simon from the Bored Stupid podcast, he's very, very similar to yourself in that sense. Like, he'll see all of the Facebook advertising. He's like, this Kickstarter is coming soon. This Kickstarter is coming soon. But, but his kind of whole mindset is if he gets advertised to like that, mm. he immediately is turned off and won't even look at the product. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same as uh, pressure selling. That's that's another yeah. one that's kind of the same. It's like, you know, when, you, when you're in a store, it's like if the uh, the store assistant comes up to you and, so, you know, does their usual thing of, can I help you? Yeah. And I turn around and say, oh, I'm just browsing. If they try and then pressure me, yeah. it's like, no, 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 but you've just lost a... That, that, that's a turn-off to me. Yeah. See, that's the weird thing because that is a major turn-off to me and I will walk out of shops as soon as that kind of thing happens. Yeah, it's like if I've told so you... Like, if I've to- if I've told you I'm just browsing, I will ask you when I'm ready. When I'm ready, if I need something. But other than that, leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing is that I, it's like two different sides of my personality. Yeah. If I'm shopping in a store, that's kind of my whole. I have that really good defensive stance of no, you will not sell to me. Yeah. Yet when I'm sat at home and I'm maybe looking through Kickstarter or maybe I'm looking on Facebook as, oh, there's an advert, blah, blah, blah. So I then have to ask myself, is is my FOMO a side effect of boredom, James? Could that be what it is? It very could be. I mean, we've not addressed the elephant in the room, which would be the reason that I probably don't suffer from FOMO is like a good dealer, I just feed your addiction. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not even going to deny that. That's very, very true. (laughs) I really want this. I mean, it would just be really... Unfortunately, if I share this on Jason's Facebook wall. (laughs) Oh, you're an enabler, James. I am an enabler and I'm not ashamed of it at all. (laughs) I will one day find something that I can easily sell to you. It's, I mean, considering how long I've known you, I'm not sure how long it will take me to find that, but still, it will happen. But I mean, that's crowdfunding, James. Retail, as we've sort of just touched on a little bit, I don't feel like I have that issue with FOMO in retail, but I know no. that some people do. And I think it's a lot easier to ignore it in, in retail, retail, because usually um, that kind of stuff is face to face. And it is, it's, you know, in, in retail, it's the, the advertisement is a bit difficult. But when it's person to person, it's usually in the form like we've already touched on of pressure selling or yeah. upselling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like most of us are adverse to that anyway. We we can spot it coming a mile off and we're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Now, an additional thing, and obviously you won't have had this issue yet. An addition to that whole retail aspect of FOMO would be if you go to things like conventions and stuff like that, which is yeah. where I do find that where the sales tactic changes is like you've got that whole, oh, no, we've got the game demonstration. So you're not being sold to. The game is doing that for you. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm playing the game. I don't really want to miss out on having this in my collection. But you've got 200 games in your collection already. It doesn't matter. I I need this one. Yeah. I have to have this one because there's there's that one player that comes to our club, James, that will enjoy this game. So I, I need to have it 
so that he can play it. Yeah. You know, and that's another aspect I find with 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 FOMO within our hobby is like if you are going to attend things like game cafes or or even game stores that run demos of games, is that another area of of FOMO where you know if you do if you are a FOMO sufferer like me, should I be avoiding those kind of places? I wouldn't necessarily say that because I wouldn't say that FOMO comes in in that sort of aspect. Maybe at a convention. But even then, you're only going to have to wait a little bit. Like they might have the convention, like convention copies, and then it's hitting retail like a couple of months later. Yeah, again, I can only speak for myself. But in that case, I really, unless I really, really enjoyed the game, I wouldn't feel like I'm going to miss out because it's like, well, in two months, it's going to be in my local friendly gaming store, or I'll be able to get it online. It's not doesn't suffer the same as those. Mm. You know, they don't do convention exclusive. You know, yeah. Mm. This game will be available for three days and only three days yes. at this convention. Yeah. Because that would be a silly business model. I mean, it would. <laughs> it would definitely. But, uh, I mean, perf- perfect example of that currently, I, w- I would say, was obviously the guys, Bored Stupid, Ant from from uh, MTVB. They obviously went over to Essen not that long ago. We had them on the show talking about it. Yep. And, and uh, you know, we may may or may not have expressed a little bit of jealousy. Uh, I, I, I don't think we, we showed it. I think it much. was very subtle, Jay. <laughs> it was incredibly it was incredibly <laughs> subtle. I really don't think they noticed. But I don't think yeah, the listeners noticed. I thought I, we handled it very professionally oh yeah, and it was, it was barely there. <laughs> very much so. If you want to hear that professionalism, please do go back and listen to that. It was absolutely tip top. But the, the the point was, is they played some games there that I was really excited for and that I knew if I got the money to go to Essen this year, they were on my to buy list. You know, Heat, for example, I knew it was mm. going to be a hot game. It's a theme that I like. I really was interested in that game. Starship Captains was another one. And right now I'm sitting here going, I've missed out. Mm. I've missed out. I still don't own these games. They're still not out here in the UK. Heat is due out imminently. It's sold out everywhere already. So I was like, it's going to be probably the other side of Christmas before I get that game. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, oh, this is why. This is why I have these pent up things. Is that I want to know that when I want the game, I can get the game. And is that another pro? Yeah. You know, would you say that was a problem with with FOMO? I would say that FOMO's uh, creeping into that. I mean, it's not FOMO to be savvy with your purchases. Basically, if you like, if you know this is going to be a hot ticket item, and you're buying again, you're buying it literally on the status of this is going to sell out everywhere. You know, if it's already selling out. Pre- pre-orders and stuff it's like well yeah i want my it's not so much a oh my god i'm never going to own this game it's i must have it now it's a well if i get it now i might beat the rush or something like that i mean i wouldn't class that necessarily as fomo it can quickly become fomo but on its own it's not Mm. okay so i mean this is the thing is it is sometimes hard (laughs) for me to figure out like i've tried i try to say that now i feel like i am a bit more savvy towards the whole fomo thing i've cut right back Yep. On my Kickstarter spending, I've cut right back on my retail spending. But I do still, you know, and one of the things is because I sit there and I go, right, am I only buying this because I'm worried that I'm going to miss out on something yeah. really cool and innovative in this game? Or am I buying it because I genuinely want this game? Yeah, I will say, actually, having working in the retail sector, there is, I'm not going to say it's a new trend, but it is a reasonably new trend that I'm noticing, which I really hope doesn't translate into other areas of retail, i.e. board gaming. Mm-hmm. And that is companies whose product 
I'm not going to name it because, you know, I don't want to get sued. But they know there's a lot of hype for their products, so they artificially limit how much is coming into the stores, yeah. which would really feed yes. FOMO. And I, I personally, I think it's a crappy business practice mm. to do that. It's yeah. like you're doing it on purpose, only sending in small drip feeding it into the stores to keep the demand high because it, as soon as it comes in it sells out yeah which which breeds an air of oh my god it must be really good yeah and i, I must have it now yeah i i think to be honest luckily touch wood i think our little niche industry of, of board gaming and tabletop gaming as a whole is never going to end up going down that particular model just purely on the grounds of even the large companies only ever put board games in in limited runs at the mm. print factories because they never know. They don't know how it's going. Wingspan is another one. Like It's sold all over the world. It's sold ridiculous amounts of copies, yet every time it goes to the print, it's not something that's in print all the time. Mm. So it's like, no, we're, we're going to put in a print of another f- number off the top of my head, another 500,000 copies. Okay, well, we've sold 400,000 of them. Maybe we can stretch to another 500,000. Because at the end of the day, there's so little profit within the board game industry. Boxes sitting there is boxes making no money. So I think we might escape that particular business yeah, practice. Yeah, it's just, I, 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 I seriously hope it doesn't catch on in the way. I mean, even even now, it's only a one particular product that I've seen that really happening with, and I don't understand why. It's a rubbish product. It seriously is. <laughs> um, if you know, you know. Yeah. It's one of those kind of things. But yeah, it's. I just think it's, a, in general, a really poor business practice to do that. Yeah. No, I would agree, and uh, it's quite backhanded tactics doing doing stuff like that as well. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, what what can you really do on that one? But another thing, I guess, that the breeds FOMO as well that I find as well. For example, we run the game club, James, and we see lots of games being played. Yeah, and I, I will go over, and I'll, you know, there'll be a brand new board game being played by one of our regular groups. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? How much is it? And where do I buy it? I've not played this damn game, but I want it. Yeah, I mean, we've not also not touched on the um, the secondary effect of FOMO and how how it creates demand, and that is that it it does some unfavorable things on the second hand market, shall we say? Yes, because you'll then get the scalpers who will buy up copies and then sell them for grossly inflated prices, knowing Indeed, that yeah. someone like yourself, who suffers from FOMO, is going to go, oh my God, I can't get this anywhere else. It's, oh God, that's expensive, but I must have it. Yeah, I can't get it anywhere else. It's it's my only choice, yeah. 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 And again, that's a very, while I understand why people do it, it, it's a, for me, it's a very, very disgusting business practice to do that. I mean, I'd say it becomes a problem if you are, or have access to being underhanded and you're buying up copies of this game with the express purpose of doing that. Agreed. Um, There are more than enough people that do that unfortunately but i mean I, there's a couple more bullet points i've got on, on my list here to, to to point out why i personally and how i find that my fomo is is triggered uh one of the worst ones is a real problem because as you well know james but obviously the listeners don't i don't really watch tv yes at all um there's there's nothing on tv that intrigues me at all and when i do i usually watch stuff from like the 80s you know it's i'm very very old school like that but i do primarily watch a ridiculous amount of youtube yes and obviously a lot of my youtube intake is with my hobbies there's many others other than tabletop gaming but that's obviously a key one for me so i consume a lot of tabletop gaming media including reviews 
And obviously, if I'm seeing games that I've not played yet, and they're like, oh, oh this game's amazing, this game's amazing. Oh my God, it twig, you know, that, that's the trigger. Mm. It clicks. And there's, I've now, I'm, while the review is going on, I'm looking online and going, oh, look, I can buy it here. And therein, for me, is where the issue is. I can buy something by moving my thumb. Yes. Without having to go to a store, without having to go to a store, pick up the box, look at it, and have that time to reflect on my decision. Yep, you can just go click done. Yeah. It's almost like that's what they wanted to do when they brought out all this, you know, yes, internet on your mobile phone, which is constantly in your hand. Exactly. And, and now you don't even have to get debit card out, Jason, you know, just tap that fingerprint. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's the thing, I've tried... To actually hold back on that, I've now removed all of my card details from my phone so that I can't just do the one-click pay. And then, of course, they they introduce that really nice feature of, okay, so you haven't got your card saved. We'll take a picture of it. Yep. Or just show the camera it, and we'll upload the details for you. And it's 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 fighting an uphill battle for someone like me because I do have, you know, I'm I'm very lucky in the sense of I don't smoke. I very, very rarely drink, yep. but my addictive personality has always been there. Yep. And my addiction comes from spending the money that I've earned. Yeah, I mean... And I do it at, at such a rate that, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. I always make sure my bills and stuff are paid, but that's because they come out the day after I get paid. Yeah. The second that is cleared, I mean, it's like, right, now I can just blow the whole lot. I should be saving. You know, I, I should be saving for, you know, lovely things in the future. You know, my partner will be moving in soon and we, we're going to have things, you know, I should be spending, saving money to take my son out on lovely days out and holidays. Holidays. James, I haven't had a holiday now for, I mean, what, 12 years yep. for me? And even then, it wasn't really a holiday. It was a four-day stint to go and see our friend. Yep. You know, I, it's, I do. I need a holiday. I really do need to get away, but I can't. With the hobby that I do and the issues that I have with my, with my FOMO, I find it very hard to save. And I'm genuinely looking forward to my partner moving in because it will help immediately with my spending habits. Cause I'm, you know, I've already instructed her. It's like when you move in, it's like you see me on a game store on my phone without basically telling you, just ask me some questions. Take my mind away from the screen. Yeah. I don't I don't want you to tell me to come off the screen. I just want to talk to you. Yeah. Because that will have my mind going elsewhere. You know, which will give me time to sit there thinking about what I'm doing. Yep. You know, if I'm watching a review, take my phone away from me. That's a good idea. <laughs> how about we just put this in the bin? <laughs> well, I mean, that would help us. I should just go back to how things used to be. No mobile phone, no tablet, no computer. Well, no, I need the computer. You know, anything that I can buy stuff on with ease. Like the computer's okay because I'd have to boot up the PC. I'd have to sit down. I'd have to go to the website. That's that's an, that's a hassle. Oh, my God. Really? Is that the point we've reached to where it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, typing on the keyboard. That's such a chore. <laughs> but when you can just click one button with your thumb, James, that really does sound like a chore. Yeah. <sighs> I remember when that was revolutionary. I just it was. Tap, yeah. tap these keys and press enter, and suddenly I an entire shop is in front of me on the screen. <laughs> it's like, this is revolutionary. You know, 
Now, oh, this is such a chore. <laughs> There's nothing better than uh, home shopping. <laughs> In fact, no, I, I take that back. There's nothing worse than home shopping. Yeah, I'm, at this time of year, I'm going to completely disagree with you. Home shopping is the best invention ever because I do not have to go into town to Christmas shop. That Okay, yeah, I'll agree with that one. I definitely agree with that one. Because, you know, I hate people. <laughs> Which is no, that's not a good thing to advertise on the podcast, James. Like We're talking to people out there. Oh, no, it's, it's fine because I can't see them. Yeah, I don't fair. have to that's interact fair. with them. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of the same. Man. I don't, you know, dislike any individual people. You know, I, no, I hate, very I, I hate people en masse. Yes, I, I hate everyone equally. Yes. Is, is the, uh, is, is the best The way. old phrase goes, a person is fine, people are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, definitely. Do you know one of the worst things, James, breeding for, for FOMO? Podcasts. Yeah, They're they're awful. Mm. Yeah, They're yeah. terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is another problem for me, James, because I drive for a living. I listen to podcasts all day. Yeah. I listen to people talking about board games going, this game was really, really good. This this particular mechanic was really intriguing and unique. And you buy the game and it's not unique or intriguing in any single way. I suppose we should put the obligatory apology in there. For anyone whose FOMO we have inadvertently <laughs> fed, we are very, we're sorry. We're sorry. I know there's been a couple of people that have bought games on the back of our recommendations, but touch wood, everyone has agreed with what we've said so far. So if you have agreed with us, I'd actually like to hear. Mm. So yeah, you know, social medias, all that kind of stuff. One more thing I want to talk about, James, that breeds FOMO for me in this hobby. And it is really difficult for me to say this because it is one of the best tools that I think I've had in any hobby that I've had. And that is Board Game Geek. Now, I know you don't go on it all that often, but it is a safe haven for all of us lovely board gamers I'll and say we're all it again. there it's just like, talking I think, about games I'll say it again I think the main reason that I don't suffer from FOMO is I've watched you fall into every single one of these pit holes and gone I'll step over that <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is one of the, the benefits coming into this particular part of the hobby after me. Yeah, yeah. So so um, James's top tip for this week, throw your friend in first, watch <laughs> them make all the mistakes. And there I was thinking that this would be a very serious discussion, James, about the issues that I have and many, many yeah. do have. If, you, if, if, if you'd like to hear more tips on how to dodge these bullets, I'm writing a book. <laughs> it's called Throw Your Friend to the Wolves. <laughs> I think that would sell well. Mm. I really do. But James, are there any closing comments that you personally would have about FOMO and, I mean, advice that you would personally give, My, like, all seriousness? You know, we've said it multiple times and you've acknowledged that it's a problem that you have. So my personal advice would be, oh, you know... Don't succumb to that. All oh, click. Yeah. Always. And this go, you know, this is for any walk of life where the purchase is involved. Always take that time. Stop. Think. Do I really need this? Mm. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> that, 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 that's the single bit. Most people did do it without thinking or they allow that. Oh, my God, I'm going to miss out to just completely override. It's like, no, do you? In yeah. all seriousness. Mm. Yeah. You know, I have a, I've, I've sort of. I, I've sort of not really written them down, but it is something I'm probably going to do is to actually write myself down some questions that I want to ask myself when I am looking at new games, uh, especially on Kickstarter, you know, things that are as simple as does this game have mechanics I've not played? Does this fill a hole in my collection? You know, is the price worth it for what I'm seeing? Is it, Am 
I actually going to use all these stretch goals? Yes, indeed. And one of the things that has worked for me is pulling back from the all-in pledges. You know, I am now happy and okay in mindset to actually purchase a game that is not full of content. Some of the games that I've bought recently, I've looked at them and gone, I don't need the all-in pledge, so I'm going to go for this one. And I'm happy with that. And that is the first step for me on just trying to save that money a little bit and trying to fight the FOMO. But I'm the first to admit it is still there. Mm. And I do genuinely, I I mean, I say it like I require help. It's not like I'm going to end up in the poorhouse right now, but it is just sort of, you know, sometimes it is if we're out one evening, for example, we're going for a drive, we're going to grab a drink somewhere and I'm looking at a game and I'm talking to you about a game. Sometimes I do feel like it is easier just to sort of go, have someone go, do do you really need it? You know, and like I said, with my partner moving in, we all joke aside, like if I was talking to you about a game, I know there has been a couple of times that you've said, do you really need it? Yeah. You know, and it has helped because it has talked me out of a couple of games. So while I still sit here going, it's vitally important to support our industry. I also agree that there is limits. Yeah. You know, it's like someone who has a gambling addiction. The first thing you need to do is stop going in a betting shop every day. Yeah. You know, don't spend all day in there. (laughs) Yes, we need to support the industry that we love, but not at the cost of your quality of life effectively suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously with things going up, energy bills, all, all of that, cost of living, all of that, this is something that was on my list of, I need to sort this, but I'm not in that much of a rush to now being, no, this is a problem and this is something that's going to drastically help with increase, you know, increasing my quality of life. So, mm. and my, my family as well. So yes, I mean, hell, that was a bit of a deep topic, James, and my heart is racing, real, realizing just how, how many triggers I personally have mm. for FOMO and how insanely jealous I am of you, James. Yep. And, and your ability I, I to still, avoid it. I, I'm genuinely surprised I don't suffer from it because I do have quite an addictive personality if mm. I really like something. Yeah. Um, but FOMO, I think it's just, it, I, I think I'm lucky enough that I, it follows on, like I said earlier, from that pressure selling aspect of it. I don't like being pressure sold. Yeah. Therefore, I can look at a, like a Kickstarter campaign and go, well, no, I don't feel pressured to do this. Yeah, no, that's good. That is good. So, yeah, this is potentially an, an addictive issue for a lot of people. So I yeah. apologize if it, you know, if you are obviously in that boat, I would say reach out to us for, you know, we'll happily talk to you about it. But as I've explained, I'm probably the worst person I mean, to talk to. <laughs> yeah, and they do capitalize on this quite you know we're veering into sort of retail psychology almost here it's like yeah they've always got the bright colors and the big pictures which are designed to suck you in and go without don't don't read the text don't read the text look at the shiny picture well i mean just on a gaming front think about like board games have not always had amazing artwork on them yeah there was one that took that plunge and had amazing artwork and ever since then ever since they got that reaction of oh my god the artwork in this game is stunning mm. it's like oh hang on a minute that the people like that right quick do it yeah you know that's going to sell the game it's going to sell the game is but it's like i said though you know i have looked at those crowdfunding campaigns that you've showed me and it's like it's it's there to see it's like, you know look at the big picture look at the bright colors don't read the text because if you start reading the text you'll start questioning and oh do i actually want this it's like and you'll start you'll lose that whole oh this is cool yeah. look at the nice stuff you're getting and what is without even actually considering what is there it's just oh this 
stuff in a picture. Agreed. But there you go. I think I'm done talking about this, James. Yeah. Talking about fear of missing out. James, it's time to hand over to our newsman who successfully convinces me to buy games very, very regularly. Yeah, yeah, Paul, you're a monster, mate. <laughs> indeed, indeed you are. And, and Brian as well. So, yes. Let's hand over to the man in the news shed. Let's do it. Right, pass me the flip dribble. No, it's that one. That's the flopple drop. Does that even look like a flip dribble? I know, why all the tools need to be given weird names to is beyond me. Ikea is a force unto itself. The only thing any of us understand in there is a Kallax and meatballs. So when you decide you fancy something else, we get a bit lost, don't we? Well, you wanted it. Right, does this look anything like the destructions? No, I didn't think so. Right, you take it apart and we'll have to start again. Well, first things first though, you hit that button and I can get this week's news recorded. Thank you, buddy. For those budding game designers out there, there is an unusual lifeline that may well have been thrown by publisher Ravensburger in collaboration with crowdfunding platform GameFound. The publisher behind such classics as the castles of Burgundy, Calico, Villainous and Puerto Rico is holding a contest for all those wannabe game designers out there. The contest has already started and the public is encouraged to submit game ideas online. Ravensburger is specifically looking for a family games targeting ages 7 and up with a 60 minute playing time maximum. Promising designs will be asked to send in a prototype and a jury will pick the best three titles. Finalists will run campaigns on GameFound with a €30,000 funding goal and the campaign with the most backers will receive a retail publishing contract from Ravensburger with a minimum 10,000 copy print run and 10% royalty on the net of the sales. So head on over to Ravensburger's website for more information and to indeed submit your games. If Asthma Day weren't one of the biggest thing behind our hobbies industry, they are certainly aiming for that title with its latest program being launched. Asthma Day Corporate HQ in Paris has announced a new entity with Welcome by Asthma Day. Welcome, a new subdivision within the board game conglomerate, is set to help publishers new and established, providing resources for distribution, translation and production. Publishers can even pitch new game ideas to Welcome for one-stop assistance throughout the process. Both Polygon and CNBC, along with a slew of others, recently reported on a drop in Hasbro's stock price, which came under a Bank of America analyst double downgraded its position from buy to underperform. Hasbro, of course, is the publisher of games, yes, Monopoly, but is also the parent company of both Avalon Hill and Wizards of the Coast. The stock continued its downward trend since September and after third quarter, reporting a 15% drop in earnings and expectation of similar fourth quarter's revenue. 
The analyst's primary concern was that Hasbro has been overproducing magic cards, which has propped up Hasbro's recent results but is destroying the long-term value of the brand. He gave an example of Magic the Gathering's 4-pack 30 anniversary set for almost $1,000, which reprinted cards that Wizards of the Coast promised never to be reprinted, although not in a tournament legal form. Rich Stein, a magic expert on the Hipsters of the Coast gaming community site, disputed the analyst's deep dive into magic, saying it was questionable and focused primarily on secondary market of magic cards, but ignored the online magic arena game and focused on a few brick and mortar big box stores, ignoring the online distribution. Smasher a game about mixing two faction decks together to create a hybrid army has been a game that has stood the test of time with its slew of expansions and now sees it hit its 10 year milestone with a big box release entitled Smash Up 10th Anniversary. Designed by Paul Peterson and originally released by publisher AEG back in 2012, players then use their hybrid army to attack and dominate varied base cards for points. The original set came with 8 different factions including pirates, zombies and dinosaurs. However, over the years, more than 20 expansions and promos, including nearly 100 factions, have been released. As well as a big geeky box to hold them all, then an even bigger geekier box to hold even more. The 10th anniversary set comes with 4 new factions, sheep, mermaids, skeletons and world champs, as well as 11 titan cards, 9 new bases and more. The Smash Up 10th Anniversary set is available now. Cubosaurs is a new hand management card game from Fabian Tanguy and French publisher Catch Up Games. The title shares a polyhedral aesthetic with the publisher's 2018 title Q-Birds, both being illustrated by Christiane Denise Landon. Cubosaurs is a card drafting game and each of the dinosaur cards has its own scoring rules earning or costing points depending on the number of that specific card successfully gathered at the end of the round. Each turn decide whether to play the hand you were given or pass it along to the next player. However, in order to pass your hand, you need to add a new unique card to the hand from your own collection. This might be a good thing for you cleaning up the scoring cards, but try not to be stuck with the worst hand by the end of the game. And our main news story this week, we're not trying to add to Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast bad rap this week, but Magic the Gathering caused another upsetting but avoidable disaster as part of the trading card game's 30th anniversary celebration recently. The controversy surrounds the recent sale and subsequent sellout of a special Secret Lair advent calendar. Going live at 9am Pacific Standard Time on November the 1st and selling out just one hour later. But the sellout was due in large part to scalpers and rampant technical issues when attempting to purchase from the website. The 30th anniversary countdown kit, with its cost of $149.99, contained 30 individually wrapped cards, 
each from one year of Magic the Gathering's lifetime and sporting new alternate art from the roster of artists, publishers, Wizards of the Coast often employs for secret lair drops. But unlike other secret lairs which are printed to match the demand during the pre-order window, the advent calendar was only available in limited supply. Head designer Mark Rosewater explained that the limited supply was due to the publisher not being able to ensure delivery of the product by December the 1st. Which makes logical sense, but raises the questions as to why the company didn't provide a wider purchasing window for fans and players. Players were also perplexed to discover their ability to order additional advent calendars, even up to 30 at a time, which many guessed was another cute nod towards the trading card game's birthday, but alas, one that was not intentional. Unfortunately, it opened the limited quality premium product, which had a built-in chance of contained foil versions of any included card to scalpers, hoarding vast quantities to sell for double the purchase price on secondary markets. For many attempting to secure their own countdown kit, Wizards of the Coast's website proved the more immediate hurdle. As reported by Wargamer, players faced numerous loading issues, perplexing errors when entering payment and shipping information, and bugs that shunted many out of line and straight to the back of the queue. Minutes after launching the pre-orders, the Secret Lair Twitter account posted saying, We're aware of checkout issues customers are having with the latest sale and are looking to resolve them as soon as possible. As it stands, the 30th Anniversary Collector's Kit has landed with about as much vitriol and confusion as the previously announced $1,000 Anniversary Booster Packs full of non-legal cards. The official response has just been silent. The Secret Lair Twitter account quickly moved on to hyping Post Malone's promotional product and Wizards of the Coast said not a peep on Magic the Gathering's official site. The company isn't in the habit of reissuing Secret Lairs, so if you weren't scrambling during the first hour and paying $300 to a scalper on eBay isn't your cup of tea, this is yet another celebration of Magic the Gathering that most of its players won't be able to attend. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding, and this week we're over on Kickstarter. The small medieval town of Montfleury, usually so quiet, is going through troubled times. The king has come especially to appoint his new bailiff for the region. He will choose among the great families the lord he deems worthy of the coveted office. During four days, the lords will compete with each other with audacity and cunning in order to impress the king but they won't be able to succeed without the sacrifice of their little people, commonly known as henchmen. They do not shine by their intelligence, but their devotion to their lord is unwavering and legendary. Henchmania is a strategic board game for 2-5 to five players from publishers Yokus, taking place in an old medieval universe and, uh, yeah, Think a cross between Game of Thrones and Monty Python, where you become a medieval lord and indeed puppet master, and use your monstrous and loyal henchmen who will do anything to help their masters thirst for prestige. 
This is a second edition of Henchmania with a lot of changes, introducing new enhanced gameplay, a new design and even two new expansions. These two new expansions will be included in the box during the Kickstarter campaign from the main pledge, but they will also be available separately as an upgrade pack for the ones who own the supported first edition. The objective is to win as many prestige points as possible in 4 days, or to be the first player to reach 30 prestige points. But there are many ways to earn and indeed lose prestige points. At the end of the day, everyone counts their points before the beginning of the next day. So battle, strut, play, degenerate, it's a no holds barred war to become the new sessional of Mount Fleury. So for £31 that will get you the base pledge which includes the revised 2nd edition of Henchmania together with unlocked stretch goals applicable with the base pledge. £47 will get you the base game and the two new expansions, the Royal Visit and the Sanctuary as well as all unlocked stretch goals. And like I said alternatively if you do own the first edition you can grab the expansion separately at £14 for the Royal Visit expansion or £10 for the Sanctuary expansion. Or indeed pick up the revised and redesigned cards for £5. So Brian, back to the drawing board is it? With whatever this thing is supposed to be? You sure this is just one item? Yeah, still don't believe you. Anywho, say goodbye to everyone and we can get started again and it's a goodbye from me keep safe meeples keep those dice rolling the cards shuffling and we'll be right here for you next week Thank you very much for that, Paul. And thank you guys for joining us once again for another topical discussion here on the Meeple Minded Podcast. James, in that break with the new shed, I successfully did not back a Kickstarter. You didn't. I didn't. Probably because, you know, fourth wall breaking here, that break for us is about 10 seconds. Yes. But uh, that's not the point. I didn't back a Kickstarter. You so didn't. I am on. I'm on the up. I am on the up. But yes, how do you think this week went, James, with, I, with me addicted, you know, admitting to severe addictions? And and I, I managed to not talk about your actual addiction in life, which is obviously your, your cigarettes, mate. Indeed. But, we, uh, we all have our vices. Yours is kickstarter, mine's nicotine. I mean, do you find that you, you have a fear of missing out on nicotine? Like, are you jealous of other people when you see them smoke? No. Ah, okay. That's my argument gone out the window then. Damn. <laughs> James, you were supposed to say yes so that I could then have a... A guilt-free conscience to pick up my phone and start no, looking and at it's, again, it's it's an odd one for an addictive personality because they do say that you know that if you, as a smoker, if you see someone say smoking in a film or mm -hmm. that, it, it makes you sort of go, "Oh, I want one of them. I want one." Yeah, that's one aspect of it that I don't actually suffer from. Oh, that's good. That's very, very good. James, you seem to be impervious to FOMO in every form. <laughs> I don't fear missing out, you know, on tobacco because I know it's like I'm never more than what five minutes walk from a shop where I can get some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a new title of your book there, James. James, impervious to FOMO. And on that note, yes. <laughs> shall we end? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go and play a game, James. Till next week, I have been Jason. And I've been James. You've been listening to the Meeple Money Podcast. Join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness and probably more admissions to addictions from me. Till next week, ta-ta and goodbye.